talk about the purpose for Christian influence. Amen. Is where we want to pick up again tonight. Amen. And uh, we we're talking about the influence of being a Christian last month. We was talking about spiritual maturity, and now we want to delve into talking about being an influence for Jesus Christ. The purpose for Christian influence. Jesus says that we are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. So therefore. We are chosen to change our environment. We are chosen to change this world. Amen. And God has endowed us with everything that we need to be a good influence for him in the earth. The fruit of the Spirit, as we was talking last week, we look at, at the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the goodness, the gentleness, the gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. These things uh, we call the fruit of the Spirit is designed to help us be godly influence for Jesus Christ in this world. And we're supposed to change our environment. We're called the salt of the earth. Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth. Amen. And so while we're in this earth, because he has chosen us out of the world and placed his spirit inside of us, we are to be that influence. Amen. In our homes, in our churches, in our communities, in our schools, Every place that we go, we are to be godly influences for Jesus Christ. Jesus says, let your light shine, that men shall see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And we want to be good representatives for Jesus Christ in this earth. In Mark chapter 9, verse 50, if you want to go there tonight, we'll start there tonight. Mark chapter 9, verse 50. You got your Bible there, Brother Reverend Jesse? All right. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 50. Jesus says, salt is good. <laughs> All right. Sounds like you got to eat more salt, huh? <laughs> Give you high blood pressure. That's what they say, huh? Amen. But Jesus says it's good for you. Amen. Salt is good. Because you are the salt of the earth. When God created you, he says you are good. See? So you're good. Christians are to be good nature because you've got goodness in you. The fruit of the Spirit came with goodness. So, and he says, you're the salt of the earth. So, therefore, you are to be good. What's the opposite of good? <laughs> Christians are not supposed to be bad. <laughs> you know, this is what Paul is trying to get us to see. Now, I'm not going to leave this scripture, but if you stop and think, when Paul writes to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, be not deceived. Evil communications do what? Corrupts good manners. You're supposed to be good. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be on your best behavior. Good, better, best. Never let it rest. Tell you good is better and your better is your best. Can <laughs> they say that again? Good, better, best, never let it rest, not until your good is better and your better is your best. Okay? So you have got to be on your good behavior. 
You're representing Christ. And this is what he's trying to get you to see, that salt is good. Salt is not bad. He, he says, you're the salt of the earth. You represent me. So be on your best behavior. You're in a glass house. <laughs> you know, so you want to be good. But if the salt have lost its saltness, see, you're the flavor. Amen. Salt brings out the flavor in meat. Salt brings out the flavor in, in food. You know, it can be bland, it can not taste really well, but as soon as you put a little salt on it, you see how it changes the flavor, you know, and you go, wow, that's good stuff, you know, and it, it, yeah, they put it on the table for you, and so once you realize that it changes the flavor, and this is what you're supposed to do, and your environment, and, and what's happening is you want to change the flavor if, if things aren't, if there's no joy there, you're supposed to come in with joy and help bring about joy. You're supposed to bring in and help people get some ex excitement inside of them and, and you know, help pe people up out of the mully grubs if they're in the mully grubs. This is why you want to change. You want to change the flavor in the environment. Amen. Salt is good, but if it loses saltness, Wherewith shall he have salt in your set? Where is this going to be seasoned, he said. See? It's good for nothing. If it loses capabilities, it's what he's trying to get us to see. See? It's no good. He says, you might as well just get rid of it. See? And so he says, how peace one with another. You remember what Paul told the church, in he, the Hebrew, in 12.14, he says, follow peace with all men. And holiness without so man see the Lord. See, you're supposed to have the power to walk in peace. Because why? You've got peace in you. The Prince of Peace is there. Amen. This is what Paul is trying to get us to see in the book of Philippians 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord evermore. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men that the Lord is what? At hand. In other words, let people see that Christ is in you. He says, be careful for nothing with everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made on in the peace of God, which passive all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isaiah says, he'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind stay upon him. See, you're the salt of the earth. You're the goodness in the earth. And so, you know, if people is going to be changed, it's going to be through us. See, we can't get caught up in all the bad things that are going on. See, we've got to be the change environment. We have to be able to look in things and see the goodness and bring it out of people. You know, that's one of the things my educators are supposed to do. They're supposed to bring the goodness out of kids. They're supposed to bring the goodness out of students. You know? That's what I do as a pastor. I'm trying to get the goodness out of you. So you put it to use for the kingdom. See? <laughs> so salt is good for you. Amen. So Jesus wants us to change our world around us as salt change things. You have to be the influence of righteousness. Amen. The qualities and attributes that came with the Holy Ghost for you to be an influence and you're surrounded. 
The same way we're called to prove our armor. If I would say, okay, tell me a piece of the armor, you could immediately tell me a piece of the armor, right? Okay, tell me a piece of the armor. Helmet of salvation. Okay, go ahead. Righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Feet shod with the gospel of preparation of peace. Sword of the Spirit. Cut up people, man. Just cut them apart. Right? <laughs> so again, that's all we said that. What is <laughs> What is it? Come on, come on. Huh? What's it called? Is it called the belt of truth? Loins girded about with truth. Okay, we're getting it. All right. So if you were to look at just the fruit of the, I meant the, uh, the armor that you are supposed to put on, all of it is designed for you to be an influence with. See? Now, if you were to look at the word salt, just let's take the word salt here. Let's say, you know me, I like to play with acronyms and stuff, you know. And so if I take the S, we are to be an influence, first of all, in salvation. Think about it. You're saved. God poured you out the muck in the mire. Okay? Now you're the salt in the earth. You are to be an influence of what salvation is all about. Okay? You're not to be down in the mully grubs. You know? This is why the writer in Hebrews 6 says, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, so we don't speak. God is not unfaithful to get your work and labor and love which you showed to his name, and that you minister to the saints to do ministry. And we desire every one of you to show the same diligence to the fullness of the hope that is set before you, right? So we are to be in influences of, according to salvation. People need to see what it means to be saved, Okay? Our actions, our attitudes, our aspirations, all this is a part of our salvation. See, we, the complaining needs to go out the window because that's not a good an example of influence of salvation. Faithlessness needs to go out the window. That's not an example of salvation. Not living true it needs to go out the window. That's not an example of salvation. See, how we look, Places we go, things we do, prayer, reading our Bible, attending church, are given everything centers around our salvation. And this is why we must be an influence of salvation to our homes, our families, our neighbors, our communities, you know, our jobs, our schools. If we're saved, we are to be an influence in these areas. See? We're called to be what? Sinks. And this is why when you look at Ephesians 5, look at Ephesians 5, uh, you know, starting with verse 1. Paul says, be therefore followers of what? Pastor? Huh? Be therefore followers of who? God. As what? As dear children. Beloved, now are we what? Sons of God. See, we are to be followers of Christ. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Be ye therefore followers of me as I am also of Christ. See, so we are to follow Christ Jesus. He has given us an example, Paul said to Timothy, 
I think it's First Timothy 2.12. I think it, is, it might be. I could be wrong. But he says, you know, Christ gave us an example. See? And this is what Paul says in Philippians 2.5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See? So Christ is our example, see, of how we should live, how we should act, how we conduct ourselves. Amen? So let this mind be in you. So Ephesians 5, 1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and do what? Walk like the world. Walk in love. You know, as Christ have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice for a sweet-smelling Savior. Savor, right? What does savor mean? Real sweet smell, right? Now look at Ecclesiastics chapter 10, verse 1. We're going to come back to Ephesians 5. Now look at Ecclesiastics chapter 10, verse 1. Hmm. Dead flies. Cause the ointment of the pocket carry to send forth a stinking <laughs> savor. Smell, right? So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. So what he's saying here is just a little bit of sin <laughs> and make you stink. <laughs> uh, see? But salt is good as a sweet-smelling savor. See? We are to be as a sweet smell. Our praise, our aroma should come up before God as a sweet smell in his nostrils. See? We're not dead flies. (laughs) They stink. They get in the perfume. They get in the ointment. They get in the oil of your praise. They stink. If sin get in your life as a Christian, it's going to send forth a stink. Your reputation is going to send forth a stink. See? You are to be an example and a representation of Jesus Christ. You want people to say good things about you and not bad things about you. See, this is why you've got to not associate yourself with evil things. Evil communications corrupts good manners. See, remember, God pulled us out now. This is why we are to walk new. This is why Paul says to the church of Galatia, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, the flesh is always going to be lusting. It's always going to be pulling. It's always going to be tugging at you. says, hey, come and get this. Come on, do this. But you have to remember your reputation. See, you're a child of God. This is why Proverbs 29.1 says, He that being often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. And that was without remedy. See, a good name. It's rather to be chosen in great riches and love and favor. Right. See, we want to send up that sweet smell. 
verse 3. But notice what he says here. Now he starts telling you what you don't want to do. People always say, well, the church is trying to tell me what to do. No, I'm not. God is trying to tell you what you shouldn't do. You know? So look what he said. But fornication and all uncleanliness or the covetousness, let it not be named amongst you as becoming what? Saints. Why? Because you got rid of the old guy. See, you repented of your sins. You got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. God put His Spirit in you. You are His representative now. And so therefore, you don't do all that old stuff anymore. See? We have to what? Come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord, because I want you to be my representation. I want you to be my example to a lost and dying world. This is what God is looking for us. And this is why the purpose of influence in this earth, Christian influence. You know, the next time this world sees Jesus is going to be when he comes back for a church without spot and wrinkle. He's left you and me here to be an example of what he wants. And so we can influence other people and how to do this. So we got to have that salvation influence and that sanctified influence. That's why Paul told the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6, he said, don't you know? See, as Christians, we've got to know some things. It's not my responsibility to stand here and tell you, don't, 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 don't. You know, this is like we were talking about last month. We've all got to get to a point to where we mature and grow in Christ Jesus so that we know when we read this word for ourselves and it says don't, we don't. And when it says do, we do. This is what God wants out of us. It's not the church. You get so many people say, oh, the church is trying to tell me what I can't do. And what? Come on, let's mature. Let's grow up. As Paul says, at the times you ought to be teachers, you have need as one teacher again, which has become the first principles of the oracles of God. We got to grow. We're moving on to perfection. We're going to that final place of perfection. Amen. We're, we're, we're trying to do it now, and we're moving on. As old George Jefferson used to say, we're moving on up to the east side. <laughs> Finally getting a piece of the pie, you know. <laughs> so so we, this is what God wants. He wants us to, so we have to be influenced of salvation and, and sanctification. Number two, and, and salt, we've we got to be an example of an abundant life. You know, Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief come not but to steal, kill, to destroy. But I am come that they may have life and that what? More abundantly. Okay? So if abundant life means it's overflowing. See? We want to have that good abundant life. Amen. We, we anticipate the great things of God. We get excited. This is why David says in Psalms 122, he says, I was glad. When they said to me, let's go to the house of God. He came running. You remember that old song? I came running when they said unto me, let, let us go to the house of the Lord. We, 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 you know, we got to run to the house of the Lord. We want to be excited about the things of God. See, this is what 
that abundant life is all about. I just can't wait to to hear more of God's word. I just can't wait to see what God is going to do in the service, what the testimonies is going to be of what God has done. See, the anticipation, that's what abundant life is. You know, when I get a phone call or I get a text and somebody tell me something that God just did, you know, I just get excited with them. See, because that's what abundant life is. It's an overflowing, encouraging life. See, we're anticipating the things of God. We're excited about the things of God. An abundant life is a life in enthusiasm. You know, it's full with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. See, you know, you, you, you get to singing them old songs like we were singing a few minutes ago, and you get excited because that's what the abundant life does is it kicks in for you because you realize there's a hope beyond measure. You understand when you read the Word of God, and all of a sudden, sometimes you're reading a Sister Janet, and all of a sudden, the Scripture just like jump off the page at you, and you just in your own house just want to start leaping and running and shouting and say, Wow, look what the Lord has done. Amen. That's what that abundant life is all about. You know, you're adding to yourself. You're, you're growing. You can look back and see what God is doing and what God is able to do. And you realize how good he's been to you over the years. And, you know, you, you, you're stopping your ponder from a, a child to where you, what he's brought you through and, and what you've seen him do. And you get excited about all this stuff. Amen. It is a, an abundant life is that optimistic life, not a pessimistic life. Amen. You're, you're always looking for the good things that come out of this thing. Amen. We know it's going to work. All things work together for good to them that love God. And if God be for us, everybody else might as well be, right? Amen. Praise God. He's, he's good God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But notice what the Bible says. Amen. We can't allow things to uh, get in our salt. You know, we just looked at a little bit of a while ago. Sin can get in, you know, into our lives if we're not careful. This is what David says in Psalms 19. He says, you know, God, protect me. He says, don't let presumptuous sin have dominion over me. And then in the Hebrews, you know, he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that which is so be easy to be set. Let's run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. See, Things can get into salt and try to, to change it and devalue the flavor of it, you know. And this is why you, you want to block out all those ingredients. You want to block out those things that keeps trying to come in. It's easy if we're not careful to allow things to come in. This is why when you go back and you study in the old medieval days that they always had guards on the wall. And they would, the guards had the responsibility to walk the walls and to make sure nothing uh, crept in unaware or snuck in it unaware. See, they had to get the gate open, you know, by the guard. And that's why when you read Psalms 24, they would say, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be you ever lifted, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. And they would sound back, Who is the King of glory? And they said, The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, me, you lift your everlasting doors, and King of glory shall come in. You know, who's the King of glory? Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. See, the guards had the responsibility to protect the walls. See, 
And this is why, you know, in the gate guards, they, they had the responsibility. That's why when you drive on a military base, you see they got gate guards. They just don't let anybody come on there, you know, because the protection. Well, it's the same way. You have to protect yourself. You've got to guard yourself. You've got to put up a wall. Even the psalmist says, Lord, set a guard at my mouth. You know, in other words, don't let me utter words that are not true. Don't let me say things that will, that will deface me, make me, or deface you. You know, James tells us to let every man be what? Slow to speak and quick to hear. You know, we have to learn how to brattle our tongues. Why? Because death and life are in the power of our tongue. See, if we're going to be an influence, a lot of times it starts right here. See? Because if I'm just beating myself up, you know, what kind of influence am I? If I'm constantly beating me up. You know, if I'm saying, oh, I'm no good. Oh, nobody cares about me. Oh, you just don't understand. You know, oh, you know, and you're steady doing that. You're, you're killing yourself. You know? You have to build your, what does the scripture say? Build up yourself on your most holy faith. You know, I have to learn how to speak encouragement to myself. Sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and say, man, God, you did a good job with me. You got to build yourself up. You know, don't, don't keep pushing yourself down. The enemy is doing that enough already. See? He wants you to keep beating yourself up, saying negative things about you. Well, if I, well, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. You know, yeah, you, you've got stuff. I don't have stuff. You got the same Holy Ghost I got. <laughs> you know? And so we got to be able to pick ourselves up. What Paul says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to be hungry and I know how to suffer and eat. I can do all things through Christ. So we got to learn how to encourage ourselves. Why? Because we're godly influences for him. He gave you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. But if you keep beating yourself down, you're going to miss the mark. See, because that's what the children of Israel did. They got right to the finish line, and then they started beating themselves up. Oh, we can't do it. We can't do it. Oh, God, you brought us out here to kill us. Oh. And what happened? They died in the wilderness. See, these things Paul said was written for our example See, we're salt with the flavor. See, we are that be that flavor that makes people see what it's to be like to be a Christian, to be a saint of God, so we can, they can see and ask you, you know, why are you always so happy? Why are you so never down, you know, when I see you? You know, because you know who is in you. You 
know in who you believe and you are persuaded that he's able to keep that which you have committed to him against that day. Don't beat yourselves up. Don't talk negative to yourself. Don't talk negative to your husbands or wives. Don't talk negative to your children. Edify. We are called to be edifiers. Lift up and build up. Amen. We want to be examples for Jesus Christ here. Amen. We want to be those godly influences of abundant life. Amen. We want to be an example of love and our influence of love. Look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Amen. Salt here. I love salt. Give me some tomatoes out in the garden with some salt. And yeah. Put a little salt on my collard greens and all that stuff. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God, because many false prophets go in the world. Jump down to verse 4, sweetie. I meant Sister Parker. <laughs> You have God, little children, and have overcome them. You've overcome the world. See, why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Verse 5, you are the world, therefore speak they of the world. The world heareth them. Verse 6, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, because God is love. And this is manifest the love of God towards us, because the God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us, we would love one another. You know, no man has seen God at any time, but we love one another. God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. See? we got to love one another. Because remember, we're moving in perfection. See? And his love will become perfect in us. God is love. So in other words, we're going to be more like Christ the more we love each other. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, who so believe in should not perish but have what? Eternal lasting life, everlasting life. You know, so we are to be influences of love. What really love is all about. You know, now don't misunderstand. A lot of times the world tries to tell you, you know, oh, you've got to do this for me because you're supposed to love me and all that. I do love you. I just don't love the sin. <laughs> See? And stuff. And so, you know, I'm not going to let you just walk all over me either. You know, sometimes love is tough. Sometimes love is saying no. You know, even Jesus says no sometimes, you know. And so we have to realize that, see, we can love people but still not, you know, do wrong, give them the things to do what is wrong with, you know. And that's why a lot of times the world wants you to think, 
you know, you're supposed to love me and you're supposed to give me what I want and all that. You know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, you don't love me. Yes, I do. I really do. I just, <laughs> I just don't like the sin you're doing and, and some of the wrong you're doing. doesn't mean I don't love you. Okay? But we have to, in the church, though, we have to be influenced of love. We have to be loved one to another. Say, you're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand together. We will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we'll walk in side by side. We're in a different family. <laughs> Let me put it to you that way. So you're in the family of God now, and we're supposed to love one another. If me and Brother Bell can't get along together, he and I are supposed to talk this thing out and get it right. See? <laughs> we're supposed to get it right between us. And then if we can't get it right between us, then we're supposed to bring it all to family, <laughs> which is the church. Say, okay, me and Brother Bell can't get along now. <laughs> I need some intervention here. And then Sister Bell would give him a big kiss and say, get it right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but that's the way it's supposed to be in the church. We're supposed to be able to get along one with another. You know, we're supposed to be able to work this thing out. And that's what, that's what God's word tells us to do. Because we're in the same family. See, we have to realize these things. Amen. So we're to be an example of, of love and, and salt uh, is to do that inside of us. And number T, amen, we're to be an example of temperance, temperance, self-control. We've got to have learned self-control and we're going to have good influence. We can't fly off the handle when we don't get our way. You know, I, I, I seen this kid the other day that went off on our teacher and I just want to go, my hair, what little bit I had, stood straight up. <laughs> See, because that was a hard one for me to sit there and watch that. But it says I'm not the teacher. So, but, uh, but, but, you know, we, we can't allow uncontrolled, you know. Uh, and this is why even at home we have to teach uh, discipline. Church, we have to teach discipline. All these things, we got to learn self-control. And that's why I say I go right back to the Word of God so that when we're reading the Scriptures and it tells us to do something, we need to do it, amen, because God is telling us. This is known as biblical doctrine, you know, and, and our biblical convictions when you're reading the things in there and it tells us things that we need to do because God is trying to bring us under his control more than anything else. He wants us to be disciplined children, you know, in how we conduct ourselves and how we act. Uh, because why? We're influencing influences for him, you know. And that's like if kids go to school and, you know, and the parents get a call that the teachers, you know, the teacher says, Johnny came to school today and he was just bad, you know. It don't make mom and dad feel good when they have to go down to the schoolhouse to talk to the teacher. And, you know, and I, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to say, hmm, let's wait till I get you home. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and sometimes I think our Heavenly Father says, hmm, I think it's time. I warned you, so now I think it's time for me to pull out the belt. You know, 
and sometimes he might give us a little chastening. I think David said, the Lord has chastened me sore, <laughs> but he's not giving me over to death. <laughs> you know. And sometimes I remember my dad was chasing me sore, but he didn't, he didn't kill me, you know. But thank God I've learned. Amen. So, but but we, we, have, we have to have that self-control. Solomon says in Proverbs 25, 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like what? A city that is broken down without walls. In other words, you've got to learn how to control you. See? And it goes right back to the word of God. Be doers of the word. You will learn self-control when you stay and become obedient and do what the word of God tells you to do. You'll learn control. Amen. You'll, you'll learn how to not lay on your horn and bop, you know, when somebody cuts you off. You know? You, you, you'll learn not to do that. You know, you'll learn not to get mad at somebody when they... You know, you're standing over here in this line, and all of a sudden this cashier opens up and says, next, and all these people go, and you was the next one to be in line, and you go, <gasps> and you'll learn that, you know, when you go to the store and you don't see what you want, you don't just go off the deep end and have a fit and go, I don't believe they never have what I come in here for. Y'all don't do that. Y'all don't do that. I know you don't do that. Not as Christians, you don't do that. Never. You know, y'all don't do that. You you go up kindly to the the people that work there, and you say to them, excuse me, please, but I noticed that you are out of mayonnaise. Would it be possible to check and see if you have some more mayonnaise in the back. <laughs> that's the way you do it, right? And that's what y'all do? Y'all do not. Do not tell your pastor that you go into the store and start hauling at somebody saying, asking them for stuff. I know you don't do that. Yes, ma'am. Give me five minutes, and then we'll take it at the end. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Write it down so you don't forget. Okay. So, but, but, <laughs> but, but this is this is what we're we're called to have self control. See, we're influencers. Because you don't know what kind of day that person that's working there has had. They may not know a thing about Jesus Christ. They may not know a thing. And they're going through one of the worst days in their lives. And then you come in with that sweet smell and savor, that, that kind word. And you're asked to nice and, and being kind and considerate. And all of a sudden, you know, you know. And they go back and they find you and they come back with what you need. And you say, oh, thank you so very much. You know? Because if you yell and scream at them, then you say, hey, I want to invite you to Calvary Apostolic Church. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> you don't want that. See, God wants us to be godly examples. This is why he says you're salt. See, you're good. You're not bad. 
See, you are good. You're sweet smelling. Yeah. <laughs> when you come around, they were supposed to smell the goodness. They're supposed to smell that. Like when you're cooking that banana bread and, and stuff that is going on right now and all those sweet smells are in your house right now. And, and man, you just go, whoa, boy, it smells so good in here, you know. And you're the temple, see. And this is what you want. To, this is what God wants is us. And this is why he's saying salt is good. You are the salt of the earth. Let it be seen. You change the environment. Don't do what everybody else is doing, all the swearing and the hollering and the cursing and all that foolishness that they got going on. Not once since you have become a saint. See? You are to be a child of the light, not child of the darkness. See, you've been pulled out of that. You've got to have that self-control, see, so that you don't follow that same pursuit, even in our homes. You know, I know sometimes husbands and wives, you know, we might get a little argumentative going on, but still, what the Scripture says, don't you let the sun go down upon your wrath. You are to still reach out and hug one another and get it right. And <laughs> and you are to, to get it right. It doesn't take much. Remember, love until death do us part. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we just got to get it right. That's all I can say. <laughs> Because this is what salt does, guys. It changes things. <laughs> we don't leave it the same way. We got it. If there's an argument, somebody's got to be the good salt. <laughs> if both of you be bad salt, guess what Jesus said? You're good for nothing to be cast out and let men walk all over you. So who's going to be the good salt the next time? I'll leave that to you guys <laughs> to decide. But we've got to be that good salt. Amen. Because why? We want to glorify our Father, which is in the earth. We, in heaven, we're the salt. We want to glorify our Father in heaven. See? This is why He chose you out of all the people in the world. He chose you to represent Him. See? And this is what we want to do is we want to turn our world upside down. And the reason I'm saying that because at one time it was right side up. And now it's turned upside down and we need to flip it back up the right way. <laughs> Get some good morals back in this place. And see, and, and so we don't get caught up in the complaining of all the bad things that are going on and what is going taking place. We want to still be that godly influence to bring about a change because we are salt. Amen. Praise God. Okay, Sister Janet, I'm giving you your five. Praise God. All right. So, where am I at? <laughs> All right. Amen. So we, we talked last week about these different five rims, the domestic rim, the 
uh, spiritual realm, the social realm, the civil realm, uh, the economic realm. And uh, so we, we touched a little bit on those last week and stuff. But, but yes, we are the salt of the earth. Amen. And so, you know, when you look at this thing, when Jesus says, you know, salt is good for nothing to be cast out, you know, he could be letting us know that you can lose your salvation, you know, because if you get kicked out, then that's what it means. You know, you, you're salvationless, see? And so we, we don't want that. You know, we're, we're running this race with patience for that final finish line. And the closer you get to the finish line, the more strength and patience and things you will need, you know, in these days ahead. So let's keep running for the Lord and let's keep uh, being the salt. Let's be in the flavor Amen. Seasoning things, watching ourselves, watching our actions uh, so that we make sure no impurities get into uh, our lives, which we like to call a sin. You know, we have to have that wall. We got to keep our armor on, keep our armor proved, keep ourselves right uh, before God. Amen. Is is what we want to do. Amen. Praise God. And next week, we will have our Christmas Eve services. We won't have Bible study. But the last week, we will finish up on the talking about the light of the world. And then I'll touch on the three ways to model uh, influence uh, in the last week. So next week, we will talk about, I mean, we have our uh, Christmas uh, service. So don't forget that. This coming Sunday is our Christmas uh, program here at the church and so church starts at 10 o'clock prayer prayer 10 o'clock prayer so we shift in prayer for about uh, an hour so we have prayer at 10 and to 10 30 and then we will have our christmas program ministry and then we'll have uh, some fellowship downstairs after you know food yum, 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 yum. and party hearty amen so we want everybody to come invite Friends, neighbors, anybody? Yes, next Wednesday is Christmas Eve service. This Sunday is the party. I know, I know. Feel every why would you? Okay, see me after service, and I get it. <laughs> we'll get it all squared away. Amen. So anyhow. <laughs> So next Wednesday night, no Bible study, but Christmas Eve service at, at 6.30 for our fellowship and regular service time. 6.30 fellowship and 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock will be our normal uh, Christmas Eve service. And I like little gifts, big gifts, <laughs> mid-sized gifts. <laughs> and then next, this Sunday, this Sunday is our Christmas program service. You don't want to miss it. We got some special uh, treats and things going on here this Sunday. So it'll be a great time. And then we're having fellowship downstairs right after service. And then you can go home. Okay. No, ma'am. That's you. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a video camera. Maybe one day we'll buy a video camera. That's on the list one of these years to get one and stuff. So, but um, that's 
Sorry. Maybe somebody might bring one. I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't ask anyone. To. Any other questions? Everybody's good to go? Be safe. Keep, remember, we're salt. All right, we're salt now. Don't forget this, all right? <laughs> <laughs>